Hello, hello, and welcome to the Outside In Radio Show with me, Amber. And me, Freya. Thanks for tuning in. Today's headline is about Pretty Patel's bullying allegations, and our key concept is the political spectrum. And for our main segment today, we're going green. So we're talking to our Year 12 eco reps and asking them what they have achieved in their roles and what you can do to help. But first, our good news story, and today is about vertical farming. A company called Plenty has created a two-acre vertical farm. Plenty can produce 720-acre horizontal farms worth of crops in only two acres and using 95% less water. Vertical farming is becoming increasingly popular, but why? Um, So it takes up less space and it can be set up in warehouses on the edge of cities, which reduces the need for transport um, over long distances and therefore reduces carbon dioxide emissions in the food industry. Uh, It also uses technology to mimic the environment required for each crop type. So LED lights and robotics are used to ensure each plant has optimum climate to grow in. And this is for 365 days of the year. If you look up vertical farms, they look quite cool. They're like something out of a sci-fi movie. Um, And the etymology of the week is Vaskbear, which means raccoon in German. If you break the word down, it literally translates to wash bear. This is because raccoons are known to feel their food before they eat it. And they often do this in water, so people often think they're washing their food when they're actually just feeling it because they're more sensory than visual animals, so they get a sense for what their food is like by touching it. Okay, so now on to politics breakdown. Hello, welcome to Politics Breakdown. Our headline for today is Priti Patel's bullying allegations. So Priti Patel, who is our Home Secretary, has been confirmed of unintentionally breaching the ministerial code in her behaviour towards civil servants by a report conducted by the Cabinet Office. These allegations first happened in March, when a top civil servant, Philip Ratnam, resigned from challenging Patel over the supposed mistreatment of civil servants. So when this actually came to light, it was also revealed that an official in the Department for Work and Pensions received a £25,000 payout following alleged bullying from Patel in 2015. So to actually try and combat this, a report was launched by Michael Gove, which started in the same month, with results having been shown in the last few weeks. Uh, They found that she had shouted and sworn at civil servants and has not consistently met the high standards required by the ministerial code. Those who rose to her defence described her as a demanding boss, but not a bully, with some people speculating that as a woman, she would have been perceived differently than if it was a male counterpart who did the same thing. Breaking ministerial code is rare, and usually would result in a resignation from the cabinet. However, Boris Johnson has defended her and has full confidence in Patel, and she is likely to stay on as the Home Secretary. (coughs) So, Ruby, what are the implications of this? Well, um, what Pretty Patel's been found of breaking is the mis- ministerial code, which you mentioned, and that's meant to be the document that all um, cabinet people sign, and it's the rules that they say they'll keep when um, having their job running the country. So it's really important because it's meant to uphold a high standard of work and make sure that they um, keep to important rules like not harassing people or lying in their job. So the fact that she's been found of going against the ministerial code is significant in itself because it might show her to be um, untrustworthy in some ways. But what's important about this is the 
decision of Boris Johnson to um, keep her on as Home Secretary because some people are saying that that might show that he has more loyalty to her as a person and her like views that are very similar to his than he does to um, ministerial practice and the fact that people should follow the rules. Mm. It's interesting you say that because some people argue against this and say that civil servants, especially the top ones, are used to very high pressure environments and therefore um, some secretaries, a home secretary or other ministers may put them under a lot of pressure and this this kind of allegation of bullying as uses kind of a bargaining chip to protest um, political action at the moment. So what do you think about that point of view? Yeah, I think that's interesting. And that's probably true that civil servants have really high pressure jobs. They often work really long hours and weekends. And, you know, that's been the same in Pretty Patel's department. And it's not unfair for her to expect civil servants to put in a lot of work. So that means that her attitude at work and what's been said about her shouting might be quite normal and expected and not that bad. And maybe it's a question of the environment of the civil service as a whole and what happens in all these departments instead of just being about her personality. And it's also important to note that as a Home Secretary, lots of people agree that Priti Patel has been doing quite an effective job. Like she's run the department quite tightly and she is an effective um, spokesperson for it, for Johnson's government. And and we have to take the report with a pinch of salt. However, it is important to remember that the report has found her guilty of breaking this code. And, you know, while there might be some defences about why that's been, and, you know, if she's really, really guilty, she's still been found to break the rules. And uh, you guys should know that she has apologised for this action. For She had a press release um, and she apologised that. Um, and the report did say it was unintentional, but however, it's it's kind of quite a, could be considered a dangerous precedent for uh, Boris Johnson for the well-being of, you know, the civil servants and also just like further parliament staff, just to make sure that everyone has been treated by respect um, and that he should recognise loyalty to his cabinet, but also he has a duty to the wider people as well. Thanks, Freya. Now we're going on to political concept, and this week we're talking about the political spectrum. So this is often used to describe how people or parties identify politically. It's usually referred to as being on a scale from left to right, which is what we're talking about today. But remember that it's hard to define people on a straight line, so this isn't always accurate. Please try and keep that in mind. Um, So on the left, we have socialism is what it's associated with. And the key principles of that are things like equality and cooperation. And on the left, people generally believe in more government to solve people's problems. On the other side, we have um, the right, as people call it, which is really associated with freedom. That's the right's main principle. And that can be both economic and with individual rights, like, you know, just what you do in your personal time. So the right believes in smaller government and more about the market and believes that the market will solve lots of problems. Freya, I know you've been wanting to say this fact and it's quite cool. Um, Where did the terms left and right come from? 
Uh, it began after the French Revolution in 1789. So when the new government actually sat down, so you had the revolutionaries who sat on the left side of the chamber and the defeated nobility sat on the right side of the chamber. So actually where you sit defines your political values, which I think is super cool. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, also in the political spectrum, some people define it as a horseshoe shape. So if you think about the line that goes from left to right, some people imagine that at either end it bends round and almost touches each other. So at the far left of the political spectrum, you have communism, and at the far right, you have fascism. And people say that, therefore, when you go too far, one direction or another, you end up with basically the same system, which is um, an authoritarian government or dictatorship, like we learned in our previous episode. So, Ruby, how can we see this in British politics? Well, in the UK, um, we have two main parties. So our current government is a conservative government and their party is traditionally seen as being more right-leaning. And the opposition party, Labour, is traditionally seen as more left-leaning. Now, we have to remember that the British system is quite centrist. So we have a free, we have a market, we have shops and business, and we also have government support. So it's all quite in a limited range. If we think about the line again, everything takes place in the middle. So neither the Conservatives or Labour are far in one direction. Um, but also it changes in circumstances. So um, these parties and where they actually sit on the spectrum shift over time and under different leaders they might come become more left or more right. So yeah. I think that's really relevant with our current government. Um, with the Conservatives, traditionally, they are right-leaning, which of course they still are, but with Covid measures, they have become more left. So if you think about Rishi Sunak's um, policies for furlough and eat out to help out, those lots of benefit schemes ticking over are more um, in line with some left-leaning um, policies. So it can actually really fluctuate. If you take uh, David Cameron's Conservative Party leadership, that was more centrist than perhaps other leaderships like Boris Johnson. Yeah, it is interesting. And then on the other side, you have Labour became a lot more left-wing um, when it was led by Jeremy Corbyn. And obviously they never formed a government, so we never got to see how it would have worked out. But parties do change all the time. So hopefully you can now understand what the political spectrum is. And we just thought it would be good to talk about it, because um, in future we might want to talk about different aspects like conservatism or socialism and it's quite good to have that background yeah find out where you would be on that political spectrum as well okay now we're going to move on to our main segment with we're going to welcome our year 12 eco reps sophie and zara hey guys thanks for joining us hey i'm sophie and i take biology geography maths and sports science for a level hi i'm zara and i take english literature history and politics for a level Brill, so um, we just want to know a bit about you and your eco-rep positions specifically. Um, so why did you guys get into the role in the first place? Um, yeah, so I started about two and a half years ago when we were applying for the rep roles in year 10. Um, and I've been watching stuff by like David Attenborough and Greta Thunberg and it was really inspiring. So I just decided to apply and it was a really good decision because I still do it now. And after Sophie got into her eco-rep position, she dragged me along with her. But no, um, we were really passionate about the environment. We really wanted to inspire and help the environment, especially with the situation that everything's in at the moment. 
um, and we've really enjoyed it since. That sounds really interesting. What do you guys, what's your initiatives that you've completed and what do you think you can encourage other people to get involved? Okay, well, my favourite initiative is definitely Anti-Idling Week. I'm sure many people from the school remember it. Um, we went down to the junior school and we were giving out leaflets to parents and trying to educate them about idling in cars and what a damaging impact that has on the environment. Um, and with that, we also wrote a letter to our local MP, Rupert Huck, um, to try and get the ice cream van outside of the junior school to stop idling. And that was a really fun letter to do. So that was definitely my favourite. Sorry, do you just want to explain a bit about what idling is, just for people oh, yeah, who don't cool. know? Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, idling is when you leave your car engine on, but you're not moving your car, and it reduces a lot of toxic flames into the environment, and that means that there's a lot more pollution around. Okay, so my personal favourite week was um, walk, to bike, walk or Bike to School Week, um, which was a few weeks back now, um, because I think that like driving can have such a negative effect, so walking or taking your bike can be such an easy and fun way to get to school so if any of you want to do that now it, it's not just limited to white <laughs> walk or bike to school week so please try and walk or bike if you can well i heard you did something with maths with the lower school what did that entail yes we did so for those of you who don't know these single use blue plastic masks are really bad for the environment unfortunately they don't biodegrade and because they are supposed to be single use all of that plastic is built up so whilst there's been a reduction of pollution in COVID, those effects have gone up and plastic usage has gone up. But um, so we invited the year sevens in and we put them in the chemistry room and we decided to make some reusable masks. And Sophie led the initiative and she looked at a video beforehand and taught them how to do it. They brought in their own materials and it was really, really success successful, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so this is just a quick tip on if you want to use disposable masks. If you're going to use them, just make sure to cut the strings because they can get caught on like sea life if ever they um, end up in the sea. So just make sure to cut the strings so that that doesn't happen. So Zara, you mentioned that COVID has reduced the pollution, which I've heard about before, but I just do you have details and stuff about it. Or? Yeah, so at the beginning of COVID, the, produce, the pollution was reduced greatly. Um, but since time's gone on, actually, it hasn't had as much of a good impact as we thought. Yes, less cars were out during lockdown, but unfortunately, the pollution rates have gone up, especially in places like China, as their economy starts to rebuild again and everything starts to get back to normal. It's almost as if they're using excess now to make up for what they lost in lockdown. Um, it did have a really good temporary effect, but I would encourage everyone who can to take public transport, bike to school, even if it's just once a week, so that we can really start to try and harness those... Uh, positive effects at the beginning of COVID and carry them on throughout the time that we're here. So because of all these special initiatives you've done, what's a day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week like as an eco-rep? Okay, well, we have a meeting every Thursday or sometimes Wednesday um, short break where we're all in the dining hall and we have a lot of new eco-reps this year. So there's quite a big group of us at the moment and we all meet and we start by discussing the various weeks we're going to do and what activities we're going to do. So something we've got coming up is going to be um, we're going to have an obstacle course, which we did last year, which was really successful. And we discuss we discuss another initiatives like um, the weekly newsletter that we try and bring out and other initiatives that we want to promote around the school. Yeah. So another thing we've got coming up is Plastic Free Day. Um, which we're planning on doing next term if possible, which especially post-COVID, well, we hope, anyways, um, it will help reduce the amount of plastic we've been using for such a long time now. So it's really important that we try and reduce our plastic usage because plastic can only be recycled four times, whereas something like glass can be recycled as many times as possible. 
So that's why it's so important that we reduce our plastic usage. So what are your top tips in reducing single-use plastic? So I would say there are, there are so many ways to reduce it. So the main one I would say is getting a reusable water bottle um, because they're so easy to get. There are so, like metal ones are amazing. They can be recycled even after their usage. So they're an amazing way to help reduce your plastic usage. Other ones are you can get shampoo bars instead of using bottles, um, which really helps reduce plastic usage. You can get conditioner bars, you can get body bars. So a lot of the stuff like in terms of shower and like bathrooms, you can get an awful lot of plastic alternatives. Um, which will help reduce your plastic usage. And there are other stuff in food, which all, although often you won't have as much control over, you can um, say tell your parents to maybe not use the, the single-use plastic bags when they go to get loose fruit and veg, um, and just get cardboard or paper alternatives if they can. Yeah, I think often, um, sorry, I'll just add in a bit. Um, my mum uses like cardboard boxes. A lot of supermarkets, you can get cardboard boxes from the back or something, they'll give you them. Or even like tote bags, if you're thinking of like a Christmas present, you could get a customisable tote bag and that will work for someone equally as well if it's just for a small amount. So there we go. For your secret Santa, go and get your tote bags. <laughs> get along, get them even Christmas themed. I'm sure you can find them. <laughs> um, yeah, so on the Christmas theme, obviously it's holiday season coming up. Do you have any ideas for eco-friendly gifts that you can get people? So many ideas. So... Let's start with reusable bottles. I don't know if you guys know about the Chili's bottles, but they can be quite expensive and they look really good and you can recycle them, I think, even after they have been used. So that is a really good start for someone. You can get their name on it as well, which is really cool. Um, and I'm sure you might have all heard of the bracelets as well that have been made from the sea and using like natural materials. And usually the money that you give to those bracelets, they go further on in other eco charities in protecting the environment. Um, one of the other main things is there's a company called Eco Tools who create eco-friendly makeup brushes. Um, you can like replace the heads and they're all made of bamboo. So you can recycle them and they can biodegrade after their usage. So they're a really good gift to give people at Christmas. We can see Alice, our producer, nodding her head in the corner. <laughs> it's got her seal of approval right there. So wrapping up, what is your final message to the school? So my final message would be that Caring for the environment is so important because it's not necessarily about what it's going to be like for us, but it's going to be like what it's going to be in 100 years time, 200 years time. And we can make such a big impact now rather than leaving it for those people of the future to try and pick up all of our mess. So it's really important that we help reduce our plastic usage, that we help reduce pollution and help the environment. And our generation as well, as Sophie said, it really is so important because as time goes on, it gets progressively worse and that plastic stays in the environment the entire time. And with all of the fake news being spread about climate change and the environment at the moment, we need to make sure that we stay educated and have a strong stance on how important it is to look after the environment. And anything else we can look out for from you guys? Um, well, to start with, the new edition of the Eco Newsletter is coming out very soon. It's very exciting. It's got lots of articles and photos from some of the previous initiatives we've taken this year. And it's going to have some tips, as always, to help you guys out if you ever want to help improve the environment. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, guys. Thank um, you so much. It's been really lovely Thank to talk you. to you. I feel certainly very inspired by you. <laughs> yes. yes, save the planet. Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, um, so just a quick shout out. We want to say good luck to the Year 11s in their mocks this week and, well, next week. Um, and then, as always, follow us on Instagram, drop us an email or a DM, let us know any shout outs you want us to do. 
We're also going to start getting some teachers on for interviews and games and things, so tell us who you want to listen to. Um, so thanks for listening and bye bye